certainly am, I told him, with my own dear daughter dead these many years, but I am not indiscriminate. I mean, am I a friend of the corpse of Adolf Hitler? I am not. Would I befriend the remains of Vatilla the Hun? I would not. Since the list of the dead whom Mrs. Pembroke wouldn't befriend was certainly lengthy, if not exhaustive, Quill interrupted gently. Not only that, Mrs. Pembroke, but the FOD's protest, while noble in intent, is just not going to change Ferris Rodman's relocation plans. The courts ruled that he could move the Civil War Cemetery to make room for a golf course, and it looks like that's just what's going to happen. I think you were right to turn in your robe and resign your membership. Who gives a damn, anyway, Mrs. Pembroke said. If it weren't for Elaine's dear memory, I never would have gotten mixed up with Corliss Hooker in the first place. You can't possibly know what it's like to lose a child. Quill took some tissues from her desk and placed them in Mrs. Pembroke's hands. Mrs. Pembroke's daughter had died years and years ago, but the loss, it seemed, was still fresh. She dabbed carefully at the corner of each eye, smearing her blue eyeshadow into the green makeup. Quill couldn't stand the color combination, or the unexpectedly fierce cast it gave to Mrs. Pembroke's rose-leaf features. Excuse me, she murmured, and leaned forward to gently dab at the makeup with a tissue. Thank you, my dear, Mrs. Pembroke said crossly. She sighed deeply. Of course, you'll get some sense of a true mother's feelings when your cousin arrives tomorrow, won't you? Mrs. Pembroke had been delighted to hear that Meg and Quill had family coming to stay. Because, she had said, there's nothing quite like one's own blood. One's own family, at any rate, Quill had said cheerfully. Now, she said, yes, Meg and I are delighted. Corsand wants to learn to cook, you know. Meg spent all last week setting up lesson plans. I just hope she's not drug-ridden, like so many of these young people. I'm sure she isn't, Quill said in mild protest. And she's not married? She's quite young. Then she's sex-mad. They're all sex-mad these days, too. (sighs) Well. Mrs. Pembroke rummaged in her capacious purse, withdrew her PDA, and tapped at the tiny keyboard with expert, if gnarled, fingers. Despite her often expressed contempt for modern music, modern politics, and the 21st century in general, she'd taken to computer technology like a goat to tin cans. My time's valuable, Quill, and you're certainly wasting it with these sidebar chats of ours. The Tompkins County Court System is paying me $15 an hour to get things done, not to sit here gossiping with you. Ten years of innkeeping experience had left Quill unfazed by a wide and occasionally disconcerting range of human behavior. So she merely said, Of course, what can we do for you today? Despite her fluffy white hair, china blue eyes, and decorous navy blue suits, Mrs. Pembroke was one tough cookie. She leveled a laser-like gaze at Quill and said firmly, My room. Your room? I feel that I should be here for the duration of the trial. The arrangements are bound to go wrong. 
You and your sister Meg have not undergone a sequestration before, and I may have mentioned how particular my son-in-law is. She certainly had. Quill suppressed a second sigh. When she thought about it, she spent a lot of time suppressing sighs in Mrs. Pembroke's company, retired for seven years as a court reporter in the Tompkins County court system. She had strong-armed her way into a part-time job as a facilitator. Unfamiliar at first with the duties of a court-appointed facilitator, Quill had asked Howie Murchison, the town justice for the village of Hemlock Falls. Howie had laughed and said, Old Mrs. Pembroke doesn't have quite enough retirement money. Let's just say a grateful county has pensioned her off. And that she's Judge Moody's former mother-in-law. Mrs. Pembroke coughed delicately, her usual preface to an impossible request. I was, of course, highly instrumental.